0: That give the world to see where the music softly playing and the rhythms gently sway in underneath the stars in a million bars, guitars are softly saying Mexico. Marvellous. Uh, Long John Baldry introducing our regular spot where we uh, look at the news from uh, Latin America, both sports news and uh, other news as well. Uh, Did I say to do that? Joined by uh, our good friend uh, John Bonfilio. Uh, John, very good evening to you. Oh. Hello. Is it, ah, there you are. Can you, can you hear me? Or I can't uh, hear yep, you, yep. but I can hear you now. Can, you can we me? both hear each other? That's Mark. <laughs> that's mar- so. could Couldn't hear you for a second there. Um, but you're back, which is marvellous. Um, first of all, this story, John, about um, football violence in Mexico. Um, 22 people thought to have been injured uh, with reports that two fans were in hospital in critical condition. This was a, a violence breaking out at uh, the Liga MX game, which I suppose the Liga MX is sort of your equivalent of the, of the Premier League. Between Queretaro and Atlas FC, is this sort of thing uh, common in Mexico? You know, is there are there um, sort of football issues there, rivalries that break out into violence on a regular basis?
1: Um, I I think this is exactly the point, uh, Martin. And I think what needs to be contextualised, and especially what really has horrified uh, the, the Mexican public, but also the Mexican footballing public and to some extent why it's also made global headlines because this is emphatically not standard operating procedure um 26 injured currently three critically injured in hospital and and the scenes that we saw that went viral internationally are for sure uh you know i'm not being an apologist for this but are are an outlier in terms of uh you know what all takes place in in football stadia here and and has really shocked everybody because of it, and to some extent has been uh, behind some of the accusations that have been leveled in particular at uh, Querétaro and uh, the owners of Querétaro because they never expected something like this to happen so if you look at the stats and the number of people employed as stewards per you know per crowd member and so on they were definitely uh, understaffed, uh, and as a result, people couldn't intervene, and so on. Um, but the, you know, there is no beyond uh, some some chanting of uh, some homophobic chanting, which has made the the headlines recently over the course of the last six months or or a year in in Mexico, in particular, with international matches and and, and uh, threats related to that. Actually, most football matches that you would attend here, and certainly that I've attended here, are very much family um kind of oriented uh environments in which people are incredibly friendly uh and positive and so on and for sure you have your ultras your you know your extreme end of fans but but they tend to be you know sectioned away at behind the goal uh behind the goal map so everybody was absolutely shocked and horrified by by what took place and as a result the uh the immediate reaction by liga uh mex um has has also really been I guess kind of not surprising, but i I think has really hit home because gar this uh the home team have uh have to play their home games now in an empty stadium for a year. their fans are banned mm-hmm. from playing away from home for three years and really interestingly, the owners of the club have have had the ownership removed and it's been passed to their previous owners who now have a year with which to sell the club and if they don't then it's going to go into the hands of of the league itself so for sure I, th- I think that the league has uh, uh, Realised that it needs to clamp down on this really quickly and and rapidly and has done so with something of a guillotine effect and policy.
0: They certainly have. Uh, now, same story, um, but this is interesting because we're we're all talking about the Cuban Missile Crisis at the moment. Uh, you know, given. The, the context of what's happened in Ukraine and all that and uh, if we look back to the uh, history of that time Che uh, Guevara is a name that sort of crops up, not specifically the, uh, 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 on, the, uh, on the Cuban Missile Crisis but on that sort of era of uh, history and uh, the man who killed Che Guevara has died. Tell me about that story.
1: Yes, i in some ways bringing an end to Uh, the history of this most famous of of Latin Americans and and Latin American revolutionaries. A Bolivian soldier, young officer at the time in 1967 called Mario Terán, has died at the age of 80 after a long illness, which really, you know, these things happen on a day-to-day basis all the time. But he was the guy who not just killed Ernesto Che Guevara in 1967, but actually executed him. Um, uh, Che Guevara, one of the most famous figures from the... Uh, from the Cuban Revolution, but after that uh, successfully took place, he was then kind of exported in order to lead insurrections elsewhere internationally and spent some time in Africa and then came back to, to Latin America where he set up base uh, in Bolivia between the Bolivia-Paraguayan border where he was uh, essentially um, believed that he could set up a base within which all of Latin America could fall under a series of you know leftist revolutionary uh, re- regimes. Uh, che Guevara, I mean, everybody, you know, who doesn't know about Che Guevara really, but I think, you know, thinking about this earlier on today when, you know, I was thinking about speaking to you, I, I was wondering whether there actually is any more famous Latin American than, than him. I mean, obviously, you know, massively famous, but also, I can only think of one other Latin American that is Maradona who has moved from being you know, most famous into iconography. You think of Che Guevara and you think of his face and you think of t-shirts and you think of images mm. in much the same way as, as, as Maradona. I, I don't think anybody else really has transposed themselves into, into that kind of space. And, and for sure, the legend of, you know, this young revolutionary figure who, of course, you know, died young as well was executed in his late thirties. His assassination led to him in a kind of James Deanian sort of way and a number mm. of other you know, uh, figures uh, punching way beyond his weight and still being such a revered figure. Um, it, I mean, not just in Latin America, but, you know, a major countercultural symbol related to rebellion. And so the man who shot him, um, who was ordered by the then president in Bolivia not to take him prisoner and take him back to La Paz, but actually to to execute him and also importantly, not just to, execute him but to pretend that it happened in the line of fire he was ex- expressly told not to shoot him in the head but to shoot him with a round of bullets in the chest as though it had been in a skirmish um, died a couple of days ago and it's one of those things that he said up until his dying breath he massively regretted and uh, you know marked out the rest of his life
0: yeah, and of course, I mean, if you were a student in the sixties or seventies, um, pretty well, you know, quite a few of you had uh, the uh, the poster of Che uh, Guevara uh, in your uh, in your bedroom over the uh, over the bed usually, and uh, you knew if you went into somebody's bedroom and the Che Guevara poster was there, not to say anything too capitalist, because uh, you knew that was going <laughs> to was going to play well um the uh, the final story uh, john is the uh, the Chilean president was sworn in T- tell us about that one
1: yeah and actually you know not entirely unrelated to che guevara because this is a young handsome 36 year old individual a former student uh, leftist leader who came to prominence in 2011 when he was demanding that chile's education system be overhauled um, and he's now been sworn in as chile's youngest ever president um, and very much a president of the, of the left. And I think it's, it's also really interesting because of course he's been voted in and he is taking the reins of power investor today because of who he is and his policies. But it's also very much related to who he is not and what Chile has, has undergone actually since the time of Pinochet in, in 1980. Um, but especially recently in the sense of, what took place a couple of years ago in terms of the, the metro uprisings related to, to students and, and pricing there, which, which led to, uh, to national protests and then the military intervening and then having be de- de- been declared by the UN to having deliberately targeted protesters by, by shooting rubber bullets into their eyes. So you've got a, a ridiculous number of protesters that came out blind out of those, uh, protests. And then more recently, uh, the president, Sebastian Piñera, who was, who's, um, uh, fixed up in the in the panama papers and, st- and so on as well so so you've got i guess a, a kind of culture of impunity uh in chile and amongst the Ch- chilean political class that has existed certainly for the last 10 years uh, but also does go right back to to the chilean constitution that was established by augusto pinochet in 1980 and so all of this context leads to this uh to this remarkable figure now leading Chile forward into what is being regarded as a new chapter of uh, Chilean history in which Chile is being rebuilt with its people in the centre. And perhaps most significantly, it has a a new constitution for the first time in 40 years, in which also, in, in a groundbreaking sense internationally, it has gender balance enshrined. So any future representatives in Chile, assuming that the constitution is is, uh, is given a, a green light by, the, mm. by a vote, by a plebiscite in a, in a few months in Chile, means that all representatives of Chile in the future have to have, to have a gender balance. So there must be a 50-50 male-female split.
0: Uh, excellent. Uh, thank you ever so much, John, as always. Do appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk again next week, if that's OK. Take care, Martin. Good man. Thank you very much indeed, John. Uh, John Bonfilio joining us from uh, Latin America.